Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I'm your host, Tyler. And I'm your fleshy fun bag, Till. If you're new to the show, Rolling with Disadvantage is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into the void about various aspects of ah! D&D 5th edition. Um, feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. I will take an opportunity to Uh-oh. Pull from the bag, Uh-oh. the bag of tricks. This never ends well. Oh, I know. Throw that over there. Let's just say. Oh, this is a topic that you introduced. Ah, which um, one? RPing against type. Ah, yes. Well, so specifically, what do you mean? So... Specifically, uh, you are, let's say, an intelligent, charismatic person. That's a fun fantasy. How do you effectively play somebody that is maybe subpar intelligent or just a very ugly character or something along those lines? Like, can you do it and how do you do it? Well, as we established when we dis- when we discussed these topics beforehand, I would never call myself intelligent. <laughs> that's, that's fine. <laughs> um, and you know what? I think that's the whole thing. It's acting, right? It, it, uh, but can you effectively do it? Like, I, I, I personally am not. Uh, I, I might have like an eight or a nine strength. If I make a character with a twenty strength, am I really ever doing it well, justice? Well, that's different. Because you don't have to physically do the stuff. No, but like I'm, I'm saying like I, I'm going to jump this like and just assume that it's normal. Like, I've never tried to do that. Are you like, saying that the other qualities? Uh, influence your personality. Like I'm super strong, so I would uh, my first exactly. instinct would be to punch a hole in a exactly. thing. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So if my strength is twenty and my intelligence is ten, I don't think I could effectively play that because in reality that is not the case at all. Well, see, I've solved this problem. Go. As an egomaniac. Yes. I'm the DM. Exactly. Period. Exactly. Full stop. Perfect. Yeah. I Done. can play all the characters. I can be everybody at all times. I can be the dumbest characters and the smartest characters and the strongest characters and the weakest characters, and I do them all poorly. Well, I mean, when you put it that way, <laughs> but. I don't know. I've always struggled, and I think that everyone at some point has been tried to be a character that they're not. In uh, in another session, we had discussed uh, being evil, evil versus good. If you're a good person and you're trying to be evil, how do you do that? Um, and that's something that I struggle with. I don't know about you. In real life, I don't. I'm well, I just got just coast on the little the tiny little evil. But as a as a I seldom get to be a character, so that's a huge bummer for me. But like when I was the Triton Paladin, I I was SJW all day every day, and it worked. It was well. Going I well. mean, you kind of are that. You're but, not a Triton, but I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. But, I was even more SJW than I am in real well, life. Well, I see, but I think that's that's just enhancing what you are. I'm talking about going completely against the grain. Like, like if you are uh, a pacifist, how can you effectively role play somebody that just wants to beat the crap out of everything? Uh, I don't know if there's any easy, simple solution to that except for leaning into it. You just got to lean into it. You know, if if you, I like your example. If you're a pacifist in real life, like blah blah blah, anti-capital punishment, yeah. anti-war, all those things. Yeah. You're like, you know, what? I'm gonna be, a, I'm gonna be a work barbarian today. Okay. Uh, you just have to, you channel your enemies. You channel the opposite. You do the George Costanza, <laughs> where you you do everything opposite. Okay. And it'll work out perfectly. But obviously, there's space in the middle there where you are, you're you're playing Joe Schmo, intelligent, and he's like kind of smart. Yeah. You know how do you how do you solve that? And I don't know. If... And I think that's the toughest one. Uh, and I was gonna g- ease into this, but if you're being, if you if you're you know somebody who is you know hyper intelligent, if you if you in real life you know have you know 
your advanced engineering degree or something. Sure. How do you play a mindless barbarian well? And can you? Can you just drop it all for a bit and just go full force into being somebody with a six intelligence? I don't know if we. I don't know if it's possible. I don't, I don't know either. if you can truly. Like, how do you stop yourself from being like, oh, this is a bad idea, but my guy would do it anyway? Well, let's think about even like a TV movie actor situation, somebody who plays so far off of what they are. Um, uh, what's a really good example? Like Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. He, Jim Carrey's not a dumb guy yeah. in real life. Well, dumb and Dumber. <laughs> which one was he, Dumb or Dumber? He, I think they were both dumb. Er. Yeah. He, he he went so far over the deep end that it becomes that he possesses the character, possessing the character. Really, okay. is what it comes down to. Really possessing the character. But see, and I think there's a difference between being a full body television or video actor mm-hmm. and just role playing. What about a voice actor? Again, I feel like there's like another level to not being that actor. And to just trying to just get into it and get your mind wrapped around it. And I think without I the thing about actors is they all put forth great effort into those This characters. is my question. Is is the inherent quality of a talented actor part of their personality is the chameleon part. Mm-hmm. That it, it's not that they it's not that they are embodying a skill, it's that that is part of them, that they can be other people. And poor actor and poor actors show you that they can't be. Or great actors who have limited range, I'm going to go with Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves, are always the same three characters in but every movie. they're great at them. Except for the boathouse, dockhouse, riverhouse, boathouse. Lakehouse. Lakehouse, thank you. I knew there was a water-type imagery. Something like that. that. But he was, he was effectively the romance side of Neo without the, the oneness. I know kung fu. And this mailbox is a dime machine. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I you know, and I think that then goes into a D&D setting. Like, do people always just play themselves or some version of themselves? I think most people do. I, I would agree with that. And do you think do you think that it would be better if people didn't, if they stopped being themselves? 100%. Because I see so many horror stories of somebody, they, they take an opportunity, d is an opportunity to not only be themselves, but be the worst parts of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, Guess I'm gonna rape, pillage, and murder, and burn this down, and steal shit, and just stab people in the face. Oh. But, but like that's that the, tells the, me that's in there. That's the in you somewhere. Closet serial killer. Yeah, it tells me that as much as like ah, ha, 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 it's in there somewhere in your mind. Uh-huh. Right. Um, which is not to say I have not done that. Uh, stab somebody in the face when I'm just like you know what, fuck it, I'm done with this problem. I'm gonna kill that person. Um, oh, but yeah. I feel like some people truly will reveal themselves to you, as, as not only am I being me, I'm being the part of me that you didn't want to know about. You mean like making a meat puppet? I mean like make. I mean like taking an unconscious woman out behind a bar, ripping her spine out, putting your hand up her back, and using her like a meat puppet. Yes, yeah. that is that is very specifically the thing that I'm referring it make, to. It makes you question some things. It, you look at that player and you go, "Hmm, this is a cool thing you just did visually, but what the fuck is wrong with you?" Where'd that come from? Yeah, it was out of it was out of left field. I think I, I I've I have definitely done that. I've had a character. I know you have. That's gone over the over the edge. I'm glad I wasn't there for it. Yes, it was it was bad. It was bad. I'm glad that only lasted a session. And there's obviously a line between it's a fantasy environment and it's like, oh well, I'm gonna go fireball that entire camp full of orcs or whatever, and I'm gonna walk into town and fireball the villagers. Yeah. Why are you doing that? 
Because. Because. Well, one of them's more acceptable because orcs are like the Nazis of D&D, orcs and zombies and whatever, and villagers are obviously the villagers. Of yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a, a tricky, tricky thought. Um, and it, I, I wish that it was more, I don't know what the word is. I don't want to say acceptable, but I just wish that people were more willing to go against the mold, to go against who they are, and to really expand on what you could be. Well, is that fun? I think so. I think exploring that side of you, like seeing a side of you that doesn't exist or that you don't know exists, I think could be enlightening. Yeah, well, you think that's fun. I, I think that a lot of, especially the people we play with, that's not fun. That's not the point of the game for them. The point of the game for them is to roll the dice and smash the stuff and get the treasure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And those are two different games you're playing. Okay. Then how do how does somebody like like me that wants to see those different sides to see those different characters come out, like how can the two coincide? How can somebody that just wants to smash things and somebody that's trying to explore a character coincide? We need to write a strongly worded email to our party. Oh, is that is that how we do it? <laughs> yes, because you know we're we're men in our twenties and thirties, and this is it's too late really. To change, we are who we are. We are who we are. We're molded. We're molded at this point. And if you're not, if you're not willing to come out and RP with me, as someone against type, then you're probably not willing to RP with me. That's that's probably true. I just, is there a way? Is there an incentive possibly that could get somebody to do that? I don't know. Nor do I think is necessary. As a DM, I think as much as it would please me, I don't want to force that on somebody. I'm not saying. Force. I'm saying entice, incentivize. I feel like uh, there should be some drive to make a different character, if for no other reason than to just do something different. Do it like when you play Skyrim. Exactly. Well, and you make the same character no, 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 every no, no, no. time. The first run through, I make the same character. See, every that's time. the same thing. But I've made mages. I've made sword and board guys. But every I've made campaign in D and D is the first run through of the game. Because you don't know where you are, you don't know who you're going to meet, you don't know the missions, you don't know the quests, you don't know the dungeons, you don't know the treasure. That, so if, that's so a fair if, point. So if you're going into the game blind, like, I know I know this character's going to carry me solidly, and I'm going to have a good time, so I'll, I'll make this character. Damn you. Damn you for making good points. <laughs> right? Because I feel like video games are a perfect analogy. When, you know, if you, okay, you're, you're, you're totally right. If you play through the game multiple times, it's like when I played World of Warcraft, you had 10 max level characters yeah. that were all entirely different. Yeah. But the first time you play the game, Same guy. I'm going to be a hunter or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. be a hunter because I have a pet because I know I can do it because I know it's easy. High self, high archery. That's, yeah. that's my go to. It's so boring watching you play Skyrim. It is exciting so for me. It is exciting to, you know, especially early on, really trying to get to a spot where you can just shoot somebody without them noticing. So you're playing into type. When I play Dark Souls, one, two, three, sword and board. First time through, every time, sword and board. But in well, what's interesting is that in D and D, that's not even my type. I'm I'm very charismatic in. Yeah, D&D. well, obviously you don't have to RP in a video game, but you're but you you lean into a type you're familiar with. Yes. So in D and D, that's not the case for you, but in, for some other people, it is. Yes. Where they're like, oh well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into this. I'm gonna sit down in a comfortable chair in this group of people that I know very well, and I'm gonna get into a role that I'm comfortable with because I'm gonna have fun that way. So what do you? What would you think or what would you say about, you know, at some point, mid-campaign, kind of almost the first campaign ends. New characters get made, 
second campaign starts, but in like the same world, so that everyone's familiar with it. Fuck, that's a great idea. Can we do that? Yeah. Can we do that in our current campaign? Yeah. I want to do that. I, I I think that's a great idea. That's genius. That's something that I've thought of, but it's not something that I've ever executed. That's actually a really good idea because then you're all like, okay, we know what we want, and we've had we've had. 13 levels of time have, to like, oh, well, you know what? I would be better suited doing this kind of thing in this environment. We have a general feel for the world. General feel. You know, you character? General, general feel? General feel. <laughs> Is that some sort of like psychiatrist character? Um, No, general feel is uh, oh the my Louis C.K. of general, commanders. General feel should be a melee spellcaster. Because he has a general feel for the yeah. things going on around him. Yeah. He's a cleric. General feels a cleric. General feels a There we go. <laughs> a cleric. I think that's a really good idea. That as you start a campaign as a character, like, oh, I'm going to put on this suit that I'm familiar I'm with. I'm the same person that I'm always. And then I'm going to walk around town and be like, okay, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, essentially, I'm going to restat. I'm going to mm-hmm. re-roll partway through. The reason that I thought of that is just because, you know, in D&D campaigns, people die. And when they die, do they make the same character or do they make something totally different? You make a different character. You You're, a different that's character. exact. That's a very, very good point. That would be very funny if somebody's like, oh, I died. I make the same character. Oh, my. Well, <laughs> the exact same well uh, I feel like it's within the realm of possibility or, you know, uh, similar. Similar. Not the same, Robin Moblin had survived broker. Why'd you let him draw those cards? Side, would... side point. Don't put deck of many things in your games ever. Side point. Always put a deck ever. of many things in your games. Ever. There's, yeah, there's, there's the no. Just, you, you know it's going to, it never ends well. No. It, it never ends well. well. Either something overtly great happens that destroys the game or something overly terrible happens. Hey, so far, I think we're in the green. You had the cool, the soldier NPC that is in the background causing chaos. You have a keep somewhere. Uh, we had one Robin player die. Robin Moblin is dead. Died. Um, uh, some other stuff happens. Uh, another character's dead now, too. Uh, some good things have happened. Robin Moblin is dead. I, I lean in as a DM to whatever characters, and this is related to our, our motif and trope conversation. Those are the things that you lean into that you do. But playing against type, I've constantly had to make, you know, a, a, a character that's the exact opposite person of, of me. I the, like an NPC. The NPC dumb bimbo bartender that you guys encounter so all the you. time. It's it's that's so you. And you know what's funny? At this point, I I I feel every bit of her. And I when I put that voice out, I'm like, I know exactly. She she she. That's has, like the one voice these, you remember. She has these shiny. Yeah, because she's super easy. She has these shining moments where she can like she finally flipped the light on, but otherwise she's a goddamn idiot. Yeah. Well, that and Cold Luca. I'm, like not gonna do, I'm not going to do it I right feel now. Like you, I'm not I feel like it. you haven't done that one in a while, so you may have lost it. Oh, no. I don't know. I don't know. I practiced it in the car. I don't know. But <laughs> nonetheless. It's a know, voice that I'm very familiar with. The idea of getting to redo, not not redo, but just be someone new in the same world is kind of like that second playthrough of a game. Yes. I would not I would not um, do it. I don't think it's a disservice that anyone does to play the same character or a character they're familiar with, especially if it's something that is opposite their personality in real life. I feel like, and I think it's dependent on who the person is, but I feel like not exploring every character option possible in D&D is a great disservice because there's so many options and there's so much that you can do that limiting yourself to being a just melee character, so mm-hmm. melee fighter, whether it's a fighter or a barbarian, barbarian sure. or whatever, just a, a ranger, whoever, Limiting yourself to just that and not exploring everything that this game has. And it's still 
newer. Like, 5th edition is still newer. It's been around a while, Mm -hmm. but there's not a whole lot of core books. So the fact there's still as many options as there are, you got to get out there. Well, this is my sort of final question on the topic. Isn't this easier to do one way than the other? Like, a really intelligent player could could roll down and play a dumb person but like a, a real life dumb person might have a hard time playing a D smart person yes and that I, I i couldn't agree more i think it's so isn't it intimidating then if you in real life are like oh well i know i'm of average intelligence but that's not the reason i play D, so i am disincentivized to a play a wizard, wizard. With, you know Right? Twenty intelligence, but it's like, oh, well, this is way easier if I just make the 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 half orc uh, fighter mm-hmm. who is dumb. Yeah, because I I again I I know I can do this, and I think that's where the challenge comes. And I think that people that play against character ultimately will have a more rewarding experience. It's a learning experience, exactly. You learn not only the game more. You learn yourself more. And I think that's something that you can't get with other games. You can't get that with a video game. No. So play against type because it's good for your character, both in-game and out. And out of game. Exactly. Uh, And that's it for this episode. As usual, I don't think we've learned or solved anything. Not a thing. Well, you did get the idea for starting over. Actually, that's true. I've learned something. Uh, Make sure to subscribe and rate the show on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at RWD Podcast. And always feel free to send us topics you want to hear about or your D&D rants at rwdpodcast at gmail.com.